Welcome to Cooper Talk. I'm your host, Steve Cooper. And remember, I'm only as hip as my guest. I have to tell you something, people. I was back east. I was back east. And I, I confronted someone who wronged me in the third grade. And they always say you should come get someone from the past. And, and this kid, Mark Grave, Mark Craven, I haven't seen him forever. And I remember we were in class in third grade. And he's sitting there and he broke wind. And I saw his cheek go up. And he blamed me. He said it was Cooper. So for like two weeks, everybody in class was making fun of me, calling me Cooper. So I went up in this bar, because we all met, like 15 of us met, and I said, hey, Craven, I said, you know, like in third grade, you blame me for something. And he looked at me and goes, I know, I still do it to my kids. I blame them all the time and they hate me. And I said, you know what? That was perfect. That made my holiday that he knew he did it wrong. He still does it. And it's not a bad thing, but I still got blamed. But I knew it was him. And he pointed right at me and said it was Cooper. Like it was like not even night and day. Anyway, we have a great show. We have a return guest. I'm doing that. Let's talk to another lot in the new year. I'm going to get, I'm going to get past guests that I, that, that were fun. And they were good guys, and this guy is a good guy. He's a good actor. He's got a got a uh, got a kids. Uh, he has kids books out. A kids album out. He helped me get Ty Babylonia on my show because she did the voice. He works with her, and he was the Gooch, which we all know the, the Gooch. Vooch for it's crying you. out loud, the Vooch, Coop. <laughs> I keep calling the Gooch. Paul Carafotis. Hey, hey how are you? It's Carafotis, right? It's Carafotis, right? Carafotis, perfect. It's Greek. It's Greek. No, no. Did you have a big Greek Christmas? What did you do for Christmas? Big Greek Christmas. Did wow. they do big Greek Christmas? Well, I, I'm divorced, so I have a, an eight-year-old son, and uh, we do. Uh, we try to be accommodating. You were just talking about the blame game and pointing fingers and farting and passing gas, which happens quite often, you know, in a household full of boys and girls, actually. <laughs> but uh, I went. We had. We had, uh, you know, Christmas Eve uh, at, at uh, my ex-wife's, and then my son came back and stayed with me, and then we woke up, and she came back in the morning, and had we had Christmas together. And then we went to the ex-in-laws for more Christmas goodies and chocolate chip cookies, which got me into trouble in the first place. This is her mom makes really great cookies. Did you get fat? Over this past few days? No, over the years eating all the chocolate chip cookies. Yeah, but she was constantly on diets. You know, you know, it was one of those. You know, we were every every other week. I'd come home and there'd be you know Jenny Craig, or there'd be we're doing Weight Watchers, or now we're gonna be doing the healthy thing. So, but we did. Yeah, when she got pregnant, I put on. Uh, I remember when when I went to the we went to the doctors and I said, well, how much weight? This is a concern. You know, how much weight is the estimated amount of weight that she should gain? And he said. Uh, you know, somewhere between 25 and 35 pounds. Well, she put on about 85, and I, I put on the 25. That was the most. I, I got up to 200, which was the most uh, I ever weighed. Yeah, because you're 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 a fit guy. So yeah, yeah. I was always been in great shape. You know, I mean, I'm you know, as an actor, you got to keep yourself looking you know as good as you can. I guess, I guess. But you know, now I'm you know I'm a middle aged you know dad. Well, you know what's <laughs> happened to me is, and occasionally I do background work occasionally because I want to get my vouchers. So I sit there, got time, and and I eat the craft services. Oh well, that's the and that's I a downfall. There, and I I put on, I've noticed I, I told my girlfriend I, said, I have to go back. She's like, when are you going back to the gym? And I'm like, well, I'll go. I keep pushing it out. I I put some pants on. I'm, I'm usually a thirty two or 33 ways. I'm pushing 34. I had jeans, tight jeans, and I went to the uh, Night of Seven Fishes. That's the Italians doing Christmas Eve. That's right, and that's a great thing to do. I, I didn't go this year. Usually, I go to my friend Paul Hook's house for that, and yeah. he does that Seven Fishes. And my pants were tight. Pesh. They were going the in, and I was sitting there going, holy crap. When I left, I was like, man. I said, so I, I told her this morning, she goes, when are you going back to the gym? Yeah. I said, I'm going to start New Year's Day. She goes, really? And I go, I promise. She goes, look me in the eyes. She says, you know, oh, in yeah, the my eyes closed. Is you my father? Yeah, she goes, look me in the eye. So I, I do that's right. Tell my son. Look your father in the eye. And tell him the <laughs> truth. See, I always sit there because I'm legally blind when I, I say I'm, I'm cross-eyed. So I said, I am looking in your eyes. <laughs> and, and, she, and she 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 can't argue it. So That's right. Well, you say uh, pick something up, four or five people bend down exactly. and pick things up. <laughs> so so uh, I got it. Now, the, the acting. Uh, now, 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 I, we're going to talk about the, uh, the books. The books. And, Charlie and the, Bubbles. And the, the Adventures of Charlie Bubbles. But the acting. What's up with I saw you on Criminal Minds. And you, you, you played a drunk. Right. Well, I, you know, I am a drunk. And then, no, you, no, you, but then you got shot. Yeah. Well, that's uh, listen. Uh, that's a story. Joe Montaigne is a very dear friend of mine. Now, how, do you, uh, how do you know? Well, that? we did a pilot like a you know thirty I don't know, it's long like nineteen eighty two or something or three. It was called Now We're Cooking with Cleavon Little and Lyman Warden. Those three guys and I started it. Joe was a character that came on. He played Officer Ernie. I think that was his name. And he he did he had like a six episode deal. So we did this pilot. That's where we met. 
and we became best, like really good friends, you know. And, and so over the years, you know, it's hard, you know, to maintain anything because you know lives, people get married, divorced, they move, careers change, this and that. But we've stayed in touch all these years, and you know, he has a shop right down the street. He has the you know Taste Chicago. Yeah, have you been there? Yeah, many times. Is it good? It's really good. Because I, I and not I, only that, Joe's usually there on Friday. So like, uh, I'm not telling the world. This, I mean, I don't think it's a secret. But Joe usually gets down. A lot of Chicago boys hang out on Fridays, and Joe, when he's got the time, he's usually in there on Fridays having a, you know. I gotta get one of the hot beefs. I heard the hot beefs are good. Yeah, yeah, they're good. No, it's 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 a good little restaurant, and I think his wife, you know, Arlene, she she runs it. I mean, she's kind of in charge over there, and uh, you know, he's got two daughters, you know, and uh, you know, we've been friends a long time. So. He has walked me into the casting office. He's been on that show eight years. Right. I know the casting director. Joe took me in and said, this is my friend. You know, I like to see if you get him, like, a, you know, something comes up and he's right for Like, you know, it'd be great to have him in. Now, that was eight years ago. Then And then about three years later, I never heard from anybody from the casting over there, ever. Then I got, like, three years later, I was down on the set. I went to go visit him, and same thing. We had lunch. He took me over, walked me into the casting. Same casting people. This is, this is, uh, you know, Paul, my friend. Uh, you know, see if there's anything that comes up. And the Vooch. Yeah, the Vooch, right? And 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 nothing. So he called me now uh, last year and said, "There's this, there's a uh, doctor, and then there's this drunk guy." And I'm directing the episode. You don't have to read for it if you want. You know, they won't give you the doctor thing, so you may as well play the drunk. Right. You, you've been quite adverse at that. You know what I mean? I've been, you know, for many years. Of course, I'm sober over 13 years now, but that's another story. Anyway, uh, so I said, you know, Joe, we've been waiting around a long time, eight years for like, you know, the, a nice big, you know, fat role to come along, and it's never really happened. So I'm going to say yes to this, and because uh, you know, it's better to be working than not working. So I did it. That's cool because you were in it, and, and, and a Bruzo was in it. Yeah, Ray. And so I was like, too, because it's so funny. Whenever we watch TV now, I always go. You Wait. pick out people you know. And they've been on my show because <laughs> oh. the other day when I was actually when I was in back east, I went down to see my mom in Virginia. I took a train down, which it's a pain in the ass, but it's a five-hour thing to Richmond. But I had to see my mom. She's you know she's in, how old is she? She's eighty-five. She has Alzheimer's. She's in a home. I had to go see her. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I took a train down, which was she didn't pick me up at the station. You know, my sister did. So we went. You know, well, but, she would have forgotten. I know. Yeah, where exactly, the station was. Exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. In fact, she would have forgotten who she was. Not only she was yeah, going she to the who station, she was. who the hell she was picking up. My sister said, "Who? Who's this Asian guy in the room?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, because a bruiser was on a show, and my girlfriend uh, snapped the picture. She texted me. She goes, hey, you know this guy. And I said, yeah, that's a night. I said, hey, I know both those guys. I said, one's a drunk and one's getting killed. And well, that- Ray and I have been, you know, we've been uh, going up for lots of the same roles for many years, uh, you know, years and years and years ago. Like, I was doing Knott's Landing. I think he was on Falcon's Crest or he was on one of the other, excuse me, shows. And we have mutual friends. You know, he's friends with Joe as well. And uh, John Prey, there's a lot of actors. You know, we know each other. I mean, you know, when you're in this business, and you're fortunate and lucky enough to get to like get you know be even considered for any of these jobs, you know, it, it is it, you go with a sort of a mutual respect. I mean, of course, you're competing and you want to get the jobs, and you, you know you, you think you're better than everybody else, and you have to think that way in order for you to sustain and survive in this business because it's not an easy it's not an easy thing to do. Now, now, and you also, you, you were friends with Gandolfini. You, you very close, him, very and, close with Jimmy. Now, you think about him a lot because I think when you're someone's close, and you, you know, it's so funny, like, you know, you knew him, and, and I, I didn't know him, but I know people have been on Sopranos, and we really forget. I had a guest on who said that he was like, he was like the first character that was the anti-hero to change he changed no, no he's not no, the first no, but one. i mean, I mean in, paul for, newman for, but, I mean, but and... for a tv show he was one of the first like but after archie him, bunker well i mean but you know like after him it was like the uh the breaking bad and stuff like that just that kind of character well i mean it, it opened up it, it it certainly uh blew the cover off of television in that sense but no like get to remember hbo is not real tv it's not it's, in fact that's how they advertise it right it's not this is not tv it's hbo i mean it's you know, they they had a lot longer to shoot those episodes. They weren't doing them like a NBC, like right. we did Knots Landing in seven or eight days. You shoot a whole show. They they took weeks. I mean, yeah, they took years off. I mean, that's what's crazy. Mean, come on, they they they, were, they, they they're like winning Emmy awards and they're doing all this stuff and then threat has been detected. That's nothing. That's just who's nothing. that. No, that's a just threat something. has been detected. Uh, that was, Should we get the hell out of here? Call your mother, ISIS, ISIS. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's the, so no, so now um. I was gonna say, oh yeah. Uh, what was I gonna say? 
Oh, we were talking about it, but so so you might, but like no like, Jimmy Gandolfini when you knew him I mean did he know like he how, how big of a star he was and how well, many people he influenced? Uh that's a that's an interesting question. Um, Jimmy had a great deal of humility. He was one of the you know I mean he. Uh, he, he was very, you know, I don't know. This, is, if you want to get into this, we can get into it. But you know, he, we became friends. We met on a movie called The Italian. It was at the time I forget what the name of it was. But my father had died. This is like back in '92 or something. And I went back east to be closer to my mother and my family, you know, in case she needed some help. And I tried to live back in Boston and fly back and forth to New York for a while. It just was just wasn't going to work out with me living back with my mom. Right. So I went, I just said, yeah, hell with it, I'll, I'll go to New York and stay, because that's where it started anyway. So I went there, and, I, and it was the middle of the winter, man. It was like a blizzard going on. It was 1992, and um, I got this movie, and I will never forget the very first day. I, it was 5 o'clock in the morning. I, I took a train down to Brooklyn. It was a low-budget thing, because usually they send a car for you. But this, right. this we had to like, <laughs> you know, you're riding the rails with, yes. with, with, with a stick, a uh, yeah, yeah, like, Donna and some beans. Yeah. And I, I, we get we get, uh, you know, I get off the train in Brooklyn and I'm walking and it's wind is howling. It's snowing. It's stinging your eyes, you know, and it was very romantic in a sense. I mean, I went to this church and the, I opened the door and the door flung open, caught the wind and there were just little tiki lights going down into the basement. And there was a. Uh, a light coming from this door that was slightly ajar and it was it was a classroom for children it was a sunday school classroom so everything in that room was tiny the chairs were small right. the tables were small so i pushed that door open and there was jimmy sitting in a little chair that was he was just too big way too big for he was in a long gray duster. He had his hand gripped around a bottle of Zambuca. And I walked up to him, and I took that, took his hand off the bottle, and I looked at him, and I said, Baby, you're the only one who understands me. And I took a pull on that bottle, and he looked, cocked his head and looked at me, and he started laughing. And that was it. We became uh, fast friends. So, uh, and that was in the time when I had been coming off doing a lot of movies, and he was kind of relatively new. He was He'd only done... Uh, one or two things at that time. Uh, he was getting ready to do uh, the Tarantino-written script directed by, you know, the... Um, uh, true Romance. Yeah, True Romance, exactly. So, you know, but he was working one movie after another. He was actually had stuff lined up. From this movie, you know, we, he was going off to do something in Pennsylvania, then California. You know, he, he was like suddenly working all the time. He wasn't a star yet, but he was on the come. And... He just he took took acting very very seriously. He took his friends very very seriously. If you were on his side, he was on your side. You know what I mean? He you know he went to town for you. He went to bat. He was a loyal guy, and uh, and uh, you know he was a sweetheart. And yeah, but to answer your question, I guess that's a long way around it. He knew, you know, after a couple of drinks in him, you know, he had that little, you know, you could tell like he, yeah, he could uh, he could. Yeah, but but basically he he was just a very humble guy. I don't know if he knew the impact. He just said it's a TV show. Now that reason why I started this whole story was I was on Knott's Landing. Now Knott's Landing, you know, in 1990 was 18 in the ratings. Got 28 million right. people a week. Was 18 at 28 million. The Sopranos, I think, at its height, had 10 million people watching that show. So, you know what I mean? Which was the show of the century. We had 28 million people watching. You know what I mean? I mean, everywhere I went, you got accosted by people. People were coming up to you in the bathroom. People were coming up to you crossing Sunset Boulevard. What would they say? They'd be like, hey, hey. My wife, my wife wants to, she loves you. You know, football players, guys from the Rams, pick me up, you know, throw me in the car. Come on, you got to come and meet my wife. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, so... Jimmy was uh, experiencing, he used to say to me back when we did this movie, he goes, I've seen you in a couple of movies and you're really good. What are you doing television? Why did you do Knott's Landing? I said, don't worry, you'll end up on TV. <laughs> I said, you know, everybody does. You know, it's just the way it goes. I mean, you know, you try. Not everybody gets the Brad Pitt career. You know what I mean?
And so, Jimmy had been in a lot of movies too that you know weren't not successful. I mean, Sopranos was just blew the doors off of the whole industry, really. So, so you, it's like the Beatles landed. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, I remember that, and I, I look like a young Uncle June, so that's always where. And I, I get damages with him. And I was going to say to you because you know he's hilarious, <laughs> Uncle June. He used to walk by my room, my my uh, dressing room, and I'd be in there, and it was at a time when my like my marriage was kind of starting to go bust. It was the first time I was away from. I had to fly to New York to do it, and I, and I did it for six months. I did a season of it, and I'd go back and forth to Los Angeles. But after a couple of weeks, Joe, in fact, Montaigne said, "Look, don't don't be don't be away for more than three weeks. You got to come back because you start losing sort of there's a there's a that feeling you can you know you, you, your son's too young, so you know you want to keep keep you showing up, hugging him and kissing him. You know, don't don't stay away too long. You know, that's where I learned that, and that I would come back, but. Uh, Jimmy and Uncle Junior, he walked by, and I was like, you know, my marriage was kind of failing, and uh, I wasn't happy with the thing. I was standing. Jimmy gave me his office, okay, in New York on Hudson Street to live, to sleep in, to live in, and he was going crazy. He was going through some stuff with whatever was happening with him. So every other day, it's snowing out, and he called me up. You gotta, you gotta go to a hotel. I, I need to get into my, you know what I mean. So there was something that happened with him, and I'm going. What do you mean, go out? It's snowing. It's like you go. And he'd call me back and go, no, 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 don't go, don't go, don't go, stay there, stay there. I'm just gonna come over and I'll sit down and we'll talk, we'll talk, we'll talk. And everything with Jimmy was, we're gonna have a, con- you know, a concierge. You gotta, we're gonna have a little, you know, you gotta come over. We gotta talk about it. We gotta have a sit down. We gotta have to sit down. Nope. So well, now I'm on the show. I'm doing the show uh, damages with with Uncle Junior, right? So he would walk by my dressing room and I guess I was in there like looking sad and dour and like, you know, cause I, I didn't like the situation. I mean, every day I was getting thrown out of where I was living, right? right? Every other day, <laughs> you know, it was the same deal. They weren't paying very much money and you had to like, you know, like get, find your way to sets and, you know, in Brooklyn or wherever the hell we were. And I, I and I, my marriage was collapsing at the same time. And I was away from my son who I waited a long time to, to be a dad. And I loved being with him and I would prefer to have, Stayed home to tell you the truth, just be with him. But you know, got to pay the bills. So and he would look at me. Uncle Junior would pass the uh, my drink, and he'd look in and see me in there. And he'd go, "Hey, kid, don't look so depressed. I didn't make it till I was sixty-five." And then he'd just keep walking. <laughs> so now, now you mentioned your son. Is that is that why you started a whole Charlie Bubbles thing? Yeah, because now Charlie Bubbles explained it started as a book. It started as a book for me to write to, for him. So just just a certain look. Now, where, how did you come up with this idea, and why did you come up with Charlie Bubbles? Well, I was reading to him all the time. I mean, the pediatrics. You know, it's there's there's a you know a whole movement going on, and it's been going on for some time about reading, talking, singing to the baby while it's in the womb stage, while the baby's in your your wife or your girlfriend's belly, or and it apparently is very very progressive it, it helps them with uh, learning quicker the developing the brain you know what i mean syllables sounds music you know all that stuff it's just it just the growth for your child if you do this is off the charts if you take the time mine read mind comp to me which maybe that's why i'm so crazy oh yeah well that's it <laughs> See, well you know worn peace is probably yeah. you probably got that shoved up uh, you know from them but uh, there you go so, I took this kind of seriously, and I, and I was home because being an actor, my 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 ex wife was a hairdresser, so she wanted to go right back to work. So I was home, you know, feeding the baby, watching the baby, walking the baby, you know what I mean, uh, bonding with the baby. So I had baseball going, the Red Sox going, you know, the whole time and on the TV, and uh, in the background. So he was grew up with that. So he's a Red Sox fan, but I would read to him all the time, every day, every night, every day, every afternoon. Take his nap, wake him up, read. You know, take him to the park, read. What would you read? Did you pick certain Books. All People kinds of all kinds or... of stuff, but this is the thing: was I started doing it so much that there was so many. I, I thought that you know, I, I started you know, I started thinking I could write, I could do a better. I, I like a story because you know, it was I was reading to him. So like the fish is silver, the you know, the cat, you know, the, the, the you're an so, actor, so you're, it's 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 more of a show for the kid. Yeah, he, yeah, but hearing... I also because you know, there's a lot of kids' books. It's not really stories, and there's a lot of just look at the pictures, colors, this and that, you know. So I started to think to myself, I'd like a good story. So let me, let me, uh, I, I probably could do this. Maybe I, you know, take, take a shot. So I used to, when I was a, when I was in junior high school, one of the things I developed, I used to daydream out the window all the time. But I always sat on to the left by the window so I could look out the windows and daydream. Right? There was always the heater there. 
So being in Boston, it was cold a lot of the years, you, you know, time you were in school. So I would blow these bubbles off my tongue. It would hit the stream. They would fly across the room, and they would hit people. And people would be looking around, like they get like a little pop, bubble pop, so like spit bubbles. Yeah. How did you? Do? That's pretty good. I can do it, but uh, oh, you know, that's cool. So you did that as a kid, right? So I would sit with Charlie lying on my chest and blow these bubbles at him, and he. They lit up as I, you know, he just suddenly came alive, man. He saw the bubbles and he got happy, made him happy. So I put him down for a nap one day and I'm sitting in the kitchen. I'm looking out the window again, daydreaming. And I thought, Charlie, Charlie really liked the bubbles. Charlie bubbles. Charlie liked the bubbles. Charlie bubbles. Charlie bubbles. What would it be like if this kid could blow a big enough bubble to get in that bubble and take him on these adventures, these magical adventures. What would happen? Who would he meet? What would he be like? What, you know. So that's where it began. So I started to develop and write this story. Now you you've you've written movies and short movies, but you've yes. never written a book before. No, okay. no. nothing with the kids genre. No, no, nothing. Okay. No, no. I I mean this is just true. This is solely because of my love for my child. That's it. I mean I was giving. If I could do this and pull this off and get this done, it would be a gift to him that he would be able to keep through his life and give and read to his children. That was it. That was the that was the impetus to to do this. It took me five years. Now, by the time I got that first book finished, he was old enough now. He was reading, you know, and learned on reading the, the, the manuscript, Charlie Bubbles, The Adventures of Charlie Bubbles. And he started to help, like, with some of the story. Like, he liked like this, or he didn't like that, or he'd tell me, Dad, I don't think he should do that. Maybe it's kind of like, uh, he, he needs to be a little bit more helpful here. He's a little bit more loving, you know. So he started using these, like, you know, helping, loving, and kind. That's where this whole thing came from, you know. So I did the first book. We gave it to like James Gandolfini's and, you know, the E.G. Daly's and the Joe Montaigne's and they loved it. And they wrote stuff about the books and they, they were started to talk to their friends about it. And next thing you know, we started to sell books. And I sold quite a few books that first book. Now, how did you sell them online or I mean, yeah, Amazon's got them. We have a website where I'll sign them. Charlie signs them now. CharlieBubblesBook.com. Uh, it's on Amazon. So it, now we've got four books. Okay, so you started the first one. and The Adventures of Charlie Bubbles. Okay, so that's selling a little bit. So then you sit there and you decide, hey, you I want- said, you know, I, I, well, I had this idea that, you know, Charlie was starting to get into drums, right? My son started to play drums. Big Beatle fan. How is that? I, I saw pictures on a, on the uh, Facebook of uh, the Fab Four. I, what was what, it was around Christmas? What oh no, no, that was something that I found while okay. I was looking for my Christmas to put the your, your baubles on the tree. When I did Win, Lose, or Draw back in 1990 or something, I was a weak guest on that because I was on Knott's Landing, so they had me on that. And there was this fantastic artist who every day, because you do five shows, you tape it all in one day, they ask you questions. You know, I like the Boston Celtics. So they had a character. This guy would draw you with the Celtics. He would draw, you know, whatever things you liked. And then each day you got introduced, Vicki Lawrence would say, and from Knott's Landing we have the fifth Beatle, Paul Carafotis. And they turn it over and they have that picture with me with the Beatles, right? Now, I had met Paul McCartney at the time. I mean, it's all that. Uh, so I found that and I showed it to Charlie and I said, he's, you know, I used to, you know, to get him to go potty, you know, I had a picture of Ringo and I've, uh, my friend Kells, who, and I know Ringo, but I couldn't get Ringo to do this. But my friend Kells, whose uh, f- uncle is, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's his name from uh, Fleetwood Mac, Mick Fleetwood, he would call and say, Charlie, this is Ringo. Can you, have you gone potty, Charlie? You know, and he could, Charlie, it's Ringo. I had the, the picture would come up on the phone. So he would. That helped me get him to do potty, you know, to, to go in the bathroom because he wanted to, you know, talk to Ringo. So I right. said, you can't talk to him until you do potty. That's it. <laughs> and so uh, so, so it's all connected. So anyway, so Charlie became a drummer and, and when he was really young and started to play the drums and got pretty good at it. And we used to have jam. And I kept thinking. Do you play? Yeah, I play guitar. Okay. You know, I play guitar, bass, piano, all that stuff. So so I started to say, I started having this idea that Charlie G, Charlie's going to play music. And in this book, music, because in the first book, it's happenstance. He learns to th- blow a bubble. Bees come. Honey Bee is one of the songs we have on the new album. 
she comes with a mean bee and you know kind of saves the day for Charlie in the very beginning and opening of the book. But he gets so afraid, he blows this giant bubble. That's how he learns, and he he goes off. The wind comes and takes him. So it, it happens to him because of the situation, the bubble. Now he's learned how to blow that bubble. The second book, he's a caterpillar shimmy and shaking on the windowsill. He's playing the bongos, and the caterpillar is dancing. Falls off. Here come the ants. The ants pick up the caterpillar and take the ant. Uh, the caterpillar back to Smartsville, which is where the ants live. So I had this idea for music as the bridge now, you know, not just the uh, the misfits getting together, because Charlie in the first book just flies, he meets a squirrel that's afraid, who hides in a pumpkin shell, so he calls himself Polly Pumpkin, because that's his armor to face the world, he's so afraid. They, 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 they together are going to find Charlie's way home. They run into Ted, Teddy Hiccup, who's a discarded old bear, that a family didn't need anymore, that threw him out because he hiccups and he's old. So it's a, you know, yeah, exactly. So there's some social commentary going on there, you know, about what we're going to do with the people that get old and, and have an affliction. I used, I, you know, I don't want to, you know, it could be, he's got Down syndrome, but this this one had hiccups, okay? So we're using it for the children to learn how to read. So that's the first story. So these these kind of misfits, Charlie included, with these characters, they they help him find his way home, and Honeybee comes back at the very end of that story is 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 the one that kind of saves the day as she saved it in the beginning, and she she guides Charlie's bubble back to his because he doesn't know he was a baby, you know, in the first book. So now the second book, he's older. I'm following my son's progression in life too. Now, now how does your son feel because this book's about him? That must be a really cool feeling for a kid. Well, he's he's really into it. I mean, you know, he he loves the, you know, I mean, I go to the schools. He comes to me, he comes with me on as much as he can because he's when he's in school. You know, we go to hospitals, we go to other schools. Um, uh, he loves it, and uh, you know, I, I just threatened him because he's get eight now. You know, and I was saying, you no, know, we got the new record out called "Sing with Charlie Bubbles," which you can get at uh, CD Baby. And uh, it's also going to be on iTunes and Amazon very soon. If it's not up today, I don't know. But but maybe the time this airs, it'll be up on iTunes and CD Baby. Uh, it is up on CD Baby, I should say. And uh, anyway, so he he's into it. He loves when I just went to his school. I give out like albums to everybody, all the kids every Christmas, every every year. We've done this. Every whatever book is happening, get every kid in his class gets a gets a book, you know, for Christmas. So this year we've got four books, but I gave away the album as as a gift for Christmas for the kids. He's into it now, Charlie. Uh, the second book, the, uh, Charlie Bubbles to Smartsville, is a music thing. He had to make the decision now to go help his friend, the caterpillar. Okay, so he's proactive here. He's getting the blowing the bubble and he's going out to help his friends, and he does. And it's a great little story. And the Beatles are in it because the the the, the queen of the uh, ants sends her loyal subjects out to bring back things because her ants are joyless. There's no joy in Smartsville, and she cannot figure it out. And so she sends them out to collect things and bring them back. And will you know will the watermelon do it? Will the silver spoon do it? Will the window do it? Will uh... so she captures all of them. Charlie even goes out to help, but he gets captured. And they all bring Charlie, and he shows up now and smarts. Really, he wakes up and there's honeybees tied up, and you know what I mean. He's there's the his caterpillars there. They're making a stew. If this caterpillar, if this doesn't work, and we can't get these smiles out of the Right. The loyal subjects, you guys are in the stew, and we're going to serve you. Okay, so uh, the three Beatles were brought in, were captured, and they can't make any sounds. They this horrible, and Charlie figures out that what they're missing is the drums. Okay, so he gets up and plays the drums, and suddenly it's antimonium. You know, it's beetle, it's Beatlemania. It's anti, it's antimonium there. And uh, this joy rings out, and they play, and they sing, and the queen shows up, and she's shocked that that uh, you know. First of all, he tried to. You know, he, he she says, "What do you want?" And he says, "I want my friends to be free and go and be safe. That's it. Nothing for you. No, he doesn't want anything for himself." She's struck by that. At the same time, the caterpillar metamorphosizes into the beautiful butterfly, which 
the ants have never seen because they've always eaten it before it happens, okay? So she struck, the queen is struck twice. She got a left hook and then a right cross. And she cannot believe that this is happening, that there's a there's a person that is willing to give up their own self for self, you know, for her, his friends. And and then this beauty, this beautiful thing has transpired in front of her. So she's agreed to let the let honeybee go, let you know the cat, the, the butterfly, everybody can go if Charlie just will come back occasionally and play <laughs> with music with the Beatles. Okay. And of course, you know, being uh, his dad, you know, I wrote it in there. Yeah, he'll be back. He'll play with the Beatles. So that's that was that story. And so I thought that was it. Book two. Charlie Bubbles the sponsor. Now, was, what's now what's the uh, reaction to these books? Are, are people buying them or kids liking them? Or you, yeah, yeah, are, yeah. Are, no, are the, the, the first the first two books have sold very well. Uh, the kids love them, and we and they're, they're all ages of kids now because we have the, the the first book could be anywhere from you know moms who are pregnant getting this book for when the kids come to start the reading process like I did, like the pediatrics suggested that I did. Uh, you know, The Adventures of Charlie Bubbles, but it's a story. So you can read this with them up until they're two, three, four years old, and then you can go on to the uh, Charlie Bubbles to Smartsville, which is four to five, six-year-olds. Then Charlie asked me if there was going to be a third book. And I always say to him, say yes, and anything's possible. When you say no, nothing happens. I took him over to Warner Brothers one day. My friend Paula Vila, who's a wonderful costumer, she was working on the Tim Allen show, and she wanted the books to put on the set for me. She so they'd, be, they'd appear on the show, and because there's a boy on that's like six year old boy on the show, you know he could be reading the Charlie Bubbles books, right? And I took Charlie, I picked Charlie up from school. We went over there, and so when she got out of the car, she saw Charlie. She thought, Oh my God, does he want to be? We're doing this big scene and i said don't ask me ask him you know you want to be on the show and he said no and that's when we i said once again when you say no what happens he said nothing i said right so he, he said yes and uh it turned into a nightmare why well because i i mean they, they had to, i had to go now and go get uh f- open up accounts you know there's the coogan's law okay. you know you can't just put the here, here he is go put him in a costume and get him out there you know you can't run him out there like they when i started right now you got to go get permits you got to go get permission from the school like you know it was like so you know what i mean and it's friday it's you know what i'm saying it's a friday afternoon and this has to be done by 5 p.m at the end of the day on Friday. It was ridiculous. And then we got down there. It turned out to be a complete and utter disaster. But, uh, you know, um, unfortunately, he freaked out. And uh, and that was the first, that was the only time that's ever happened. Every other time, he's in a movie with me now called The Wolves of Savin Hill. So, you know, we had, to, we had to bust the cherry on that because I didn't want that to, you know, I just want him to have the experience. Come to work and see what dad does, you know. And he ended up doing the movie with me. He's in a couple of scenes with his dad. He did a great job. So, you know, he, he was, I think, a little, just a little, actually, to tell you the truth, he was hungry. That's, well, that's. He was hungry. He We went, okay, he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. And I took him to the commissary. He ate like a horse. Like, I, like he had, I'd never seen, like, he was going to the chair. This kid was, he was got like, he was next in line to get taken out or something. He ate everything. And then he said to me, okay, I'm ready to do it. By the time we got back, it was too late for him to do it. You know what I mean? But, but it was luckily that my friend was working on the show because she was trying to delay, delay till he got like, and I said, oh, he's getting, he's hungry. You know? Oh, take him eat, you fool. You know, okay, yeah, great. You know, dad, what's the matter with you? So he ate and then he said, I'm ready to do it. And then we came back and it was too late. So that was it. So that was his first experience, which didn't work out. But now I, I called his mother and said, we have to feed him before right. he does anything. <laughs> So now you said yes, lead it. You told him never to say no. So the third book came. So from he yes. said to me, Dad, is there going to be another book? So he's putting it back on me, and I said yes. But this time, you're gonna you're gonna help me write this one. So what's it going to be called? What are we going to write about? And he said, Charlie Bubbles to Fenway. And I went, there you go. So I said, well, what happens? And in, parentheses, in parentheses, $425 for two. Yeah. <laughs> my friend has yeah. twins, and he said, oh, my God. He goes, they're older. He goes, I took my kids, my twins and my daughter to the ball game to Fenway. He goes, 
God, it almost cost me like a thousand bucks by the time I got out. Oh there. yeah, no, no, Fenway's expensive. But you know what's happened is I've been in a lot of movies and television, right? And I have never been. My brother was the beer distributor at Fenway in 1975. I have never been asked by the Red Sox to do anything, be involved in anything. I uh, the first book, Ventures of Charlie Bubbles. I don't know if you've seen the pictures with Charlie and me in the dugout with Big Poppy. Right. And so, you know, there we were. He's gotten autographs. He's hanging out. Big Poppy's talking to him. We got it all on film, pictures of it. Fantastic uh, day for him. I think he was a little overwhelmed like he was the first day going to act. Right. Because you know, we were standing on, you know, in Montrose where we live playing, and he plays all the players. You know, we, we go out in the street, and I pitch to him, and he's he's now Pedroia. He's Big Pop. He's Mike Napoli. He's, you know, he, he gets up, and he does their stances. And then a day later, you know, he's Big Poppy one day. He's actually hitting like him. And then he's in the dugout, the Red Sox dugout. I think he was a little freaked out by it, you know. But, he, he you know, he's handled it all pretty well. He loves it. So he helped me write that, that book. He gets a story by credit on that third book. And now we have a coloring book. And I didn't have uh, a new book. I started a book that he goes to England. Charlie's going to England. And um, I haven't finished it, so I started. I said, you know what? I, I want to bring music. I really want to do a music thing with this. And so I started to write. You know, I, re- I wrote Meet Charlie Bubbles. You want to play? You're gonna... I got, would you want to hear uh, Meet Charlie? Wait, well, that's the first one. Or what do you want to do, the Teddy Hiccup? Well, why don't we do Meet Charlie Bubbles? Because we're that's meeting the... Charlie Bubbles. Yeah. So here's, here's uh, now, now, tell me, now, you wrote the song. I wrote. I perform it. Charlie's on it. Is Charlie drumming? Charlie's not drumming on this. Charlie's singing and he's uh, talking. Okay. Well, this is now, we got to keep it quiet. Because okay, so plays. I have to go the little. Okay, so you know where it is. So we're gonna play. Uh, how long is this song? Well, don't worry about it. It's a minute and twenty-one. Okay, seconds. you know where it is. The door is open. So he's gonna go. We're gonna play. Meet Charlie Bubbles. Uh, close the door. Close that door. Because you know. Yeah, the door's open. All right, now this is Meet Charlie Bubbles off the album. Here we go. Come and meet Charlie Bubbles and play. They say this boy is happy. Every day, every day, when he gets in any trouble, he blows this magic bubble. I think this bubble boy is on his way, on his way. He's helpful, he's loving, and he's kind, which gives his mom her peace of mind. When he gets in any trouble, he blows another bubble. I think this bubble boy is here to stay. Here to stay. So come and meet Jolly Bubbles. Come and see Jolly Bubbles. Come and read Jolly Bubbles today. Yeah. Again, again, again. So come and meet Jolly Bubbles. Come and see Jolly Bubbles. Come and read. So that's Come and Meet Charlie Bubbles. I wrote that first. That was the first song I wrote that I we did uh, a couple of years not, ago. Not, can I tell you something? What? But listening to that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I can tell you're a, a Beatles fan because there's some definitely Beatles. Oh, it's, it's Yellow Submarine. Yeah. I was sitting there going, I was, that's, that's great though because I was sitting there. I was like, I was like, oh, wait. I'm like, and, and, you're, and you're, it's great that your son gets to sing on it and it's great that he's Charlie Bubbles, which, you know, that's, that's pretty cool for a kid. I mean, that, that's a lot of pressure, though. Yeah, well, no, I told him. This is how I explained it to him. I said, listen, anybody says you're Charlie Bubbles, like his mother's very afraid that people call him Bubbles or something. I said, you know, it's a nickname. Everybody gets a nickname. But I said, you know, it's something to be proud of. It's a, The message is positive. You know, the, to be helpful, loving, and kind is loyalty to friends. It's a fantastic, you know, message for children that, that you know, uh, is 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 very important to be especially what's going on around in the world as we live with all this insanity how does that work as a father i mean do you worry i mean it's like there's so much well, you can't on. you can't worry like, and, i don't want to die in a festering heat but you know i can't walk around worried about it but you know you do think about it it happens it comes and goes now how about football would you let your kid play football no okay it's because i've had a lot of parents on who say there's no way now are you a football fan i am a big football fan Patriots. and so is he yes but, patriots yeah but you know he can play 
flag football. I mean, it, it's when he gets older. Like, he can do stuff now. I mean, he's a big baseball player at the moment, and he just started getting into golf. Which is, that's always good. That's, that's, well, that's, that's a, a career to have. That's, that's the one. And all, no, tennis. Like, you know, I'd like him to, like, start playing a little bit of tennis. But he's into, like, uh, Frisbee golf right okay. now. He's, we just got him a Frisbee thing. He's going wild with the Frisbee. He loves baseball. He's at baseball camp. I just dropped him before I came here. He's at baseball camp in La Cunada today. Uh, he starts his, his uh, spring season. Start. We start practicing next week. Actually, it's uh, the baseball out here is is insane. They play it. They play it every. God, I mean, here's the. It's not even they just play baseball, but they play it like twelve months a year, and then and they're on three teams. Like I refuse to do that with Mike. I said he's not. I'm first of all, I'm too old to be. I, it's too much. We had him on a travel team last year, and he did ten months, and I was coaching. And we we went, you know, Orange County, we're driving all over, you know, you're up at four o'clock in the morning. It's crazy. It's great for the kids, but, you know, and then there's, there are parents who have some of the guys he's playing with, like on two, three teams. It's, they, what's the matter with these people? Like, don't you have a life? Isn't there something you'd like to do? And also, I don't want burnout because I know a lot of my friends, uh, children when they've gotten into high school you know if they turn and say tell they get mad at their parents they turn around and say i did this for you i don't want to do i'm not playing another game of baseball or football whatever it is you know i mean football is something that the kid has to really want to do that that you know i mean i, I guess with all sports but it, it's such you could get like i try to show him in slow motion i go look at the hell look at the bodies crunching i you know if i if I push you, you know, push you backwards on the bed, you know, you get like, ah, oh, my elbow, my arm, my eye. Right. I said, you know, okay, so think of that. I mean, these guys are coming at you at 20 miles an hour, 25 miles an hour. They're running full steam ahead and they're crashing into you and knocking you to a surface that you're going to bounce around on. And then when they get up, they step on your hand. Right. I know. It's crazy. And pull your nose off and you know, yeah. grab you by the balls. You know, like, <laughs> is this what you want? And he goes, Dad, by the balls? I said, yeah, yeah. They get in there and twist things around. And they, I go, come on. Now, now the, the, the album is called what? I call it an album. That's what I call it. I call it's it a album. CD. Yes. It's seven songs. It yeah. It's called Sing with Charlie Bubbles. Why don't you play Teddy Hiccup? This is. Teddy now, now, okay. This as you said, it was Beatlesque, and now now we move into some really. This is for moms and all uh, dads. They can they can groove to this one. Hold on a second. I just this uh, is Teddy Hiccup. I know. You know and Polly Pumpkin actually. But no, it's, well, hold on one second. I we're have, holding on. I, had a, I am holding on, Coop. My, my session ran out. I had to go back on because I have it on my email. I downloaded it, but they didn't. They're not showing up. I don't know what happened to them. But What's I, not, who's not showing up? Your session went out. We, this we was this going on in the air right now? No, I'm playing. I'm playing the songs. I'm saying, okay, we're gonna do Teddy Hiccups. Now let's see. Hopefully, we'll. It's gonna download in uh in now. And so now what we'll do is we'll play Teddy Hiccups. There we go, Teddy Hiccups. He's so cuddly and he's so warm. He may be old, but that's his charm. Even though we hiccups, I don't care. He's still my bestest teddy bear. A hiccup here and a hiccup there. Don't make him a bad teddy bear. As long as you show him that. Charlie's bubbles flying by So scared he knew he had to hide So an empty pumpkin climbed inside
Safari's adventures will never end As long as you read this book again and again Reading makes your life so complete If you love Charlie Bubble, sing with me That's that's Charlie at the end. That's Charlie, yeah. And now, now the one I have to ask you is, okay, the songs. As I told you before, I listened to it. It's very Warren Zevon esque, and I'm a big Zevon fan. Now, isn't it hard for you somewhat to sit there? You're, the songs are good, and they're for kids, but you could easily turn that into an adult song. No, that, I just take the hiccups off it. Right, I'm saying, but, but and of course, you can't tell the kids to read the book because you know you can't talk about. <laughs> well, I could change the last verse. Yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm saying, that, but so so what is it when you sit down to write these songs? Are you sitting there and because you're a, you love music, yeah. And do you sit there and write and go, okay, I'm gonna write what I want to hear, what I like, what will make me enjoy to play, and then I'm gonna try to, I gotta cater it to the, like, what's in your mind? Uh, well, I, you know, that's a that's an interesting. I, you know, look, I mean, I, I, I was panic was in my mind first, really, <laughs> because you know, I, I'd written meet come and meet Charlie Bubbles, and I I had written a bunch of songs years ago with Mark Janest. And uh, I wanted to get him, you know, to kind of rekindle it. Every 10 years or so, I go and write a batch of tunes for whatever reason, you know, brokenhearted or whatever it is. But it's an outlet for me, and I love music, and I like to play, so it's fun. Uh, so I, I, I brought him, you know, we sat down, and we tried to write something, and we came up with, a, you know, like a different version of Meet Charlie Bubbles. And then I, I said, nah, I didn't really, I thought it was a little too... Cool and hip, I guess. So I said, you know, you got to write something like Yellow Submarine. You know, like I got to get something like a little bit more mm, Beatlesque, I guess. You know, friendly, a little bit more warm and friendly. So I wrote the first one, and then and then it's two years went by, and I was writing books. I didn't think about music, but I didn't have the the fourth or fifth book finished. So I said, you know, I'd rather have. It's not as much fun, you know. I mean, the music might be more fun, and so I had some music you know i was playing and uh i started to come up with like teddy hiccup a hiccup here and a hiccup there don't make him a bad teddy bear you know cute you know and i said that's kind of cute you know like and he's so cuddly and he's so warm i mean it just went it seemed to go very easily together and and then i get stuck you know then i get stuck uh, you know i'm not one of these you know i mean i gotta bring i have to get some help because uh you know so i went to my friend jim netto and he came in and I started playing them the like the melodies like actually Honeybee which I didn't we don't have today which was the first of the new batch of the rest of the songs that were recorded Honeybee which which I love that that track you know uh, that's a really fun track too as well Charlie singing on that one and TJ and the last track we have is TJ Sullivan which we wrote together it's a blues thing so TJ came he played me this blues thing. And I wanted to, uh, you know, have a little something different, a little flavor, a little flavor on the record. So TJ did, you know, we wrote this together, and he performs it as only he could. And then there's another song written by Chip Garamella called I'm a Kid, which doesn't have anything to do with the record. And then Sandman's Kiss doesn't have anything to do directly with Charlie Bubbles, except it's kind of like a lullaby. So this, uh, we're going to play this, uh, this is a blow. This is Blow Your Blues Away by T.J. Sullivan and I. We wrote this together with T.J. singing it, and uh, it's, the, who's, it's, it's a blues, it's a blues feel. Who's the crow? The crows are, uh, the black crows, the crows are in <coughs> Charlie Bubbles to Fenway. Okay, cool. And so they're, they're, they're the bullies in the beginning of the book, and, and then they turn around at okay. the end of so the book. So this is the uh, Blow Your Blues Away. Yeah. Crows theme. I should say that they, you know, like I'm a kid, which is a fine record on on the on the thing too. It's it 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 has a lot of it's more, you know, it's a little different from 
the my songs because it's not this is sort of as kids as a whole i'm you know writing directly for okay the stuff in the book so i'm a kid is also a, a nice well, this is blow your blues away We're play this oh song. yeah okay sorry get around going. kids uncle mo is going to tell you a tale of some mighty crows who live in a story called charlie bubbles to fenway in this story the crows start off on the wrong foot but learn their lesson that it's better to be helpful and kind and you'll take flight by getting into the bubble with Charlie. Listen here. Charlie Bubbles, what do you know? I wanna know where the more crows go. I need to know what the crows say. I need to know where them crows play Charlie B, please let me say I think you're gonna blow my blues away Charlie Bubbles, help me please I might have caught that crow's disease Bubble boy, you shine so bright Blow a bubble and make it right Charlie Bubbles, I got your win Show them crows that you're the king So next time that you come around Them crows just won't be Bubbles, what do you know? I wanna know where the more crows go. I need to know what the crows say. I need to know it in a desperate way. It's funny how they come and go. They mean no harm. That's why they crow. Please let me say I think you're gonna blow my blues away Charlie B, please let me say I think you're gonna blow my blues away Blow my blues, blow my blues away No, is that you being the crow? Is that you? No, I'm not doing. Actually, I don't play anything on uh, this record. That's uh, um, I forget who's playing. Uh, Darren uh, O'Plant or something is playing the drums. He, he's the engineer on that, and uh, one of one of uh, TJ's buddies on the bass. And I, I'm sorry that I can't. Uh, I don't have all the names in front now, of me. Now, do you plan to do another album after this? I don't know what I, you know, and I, I plan to, you know, go to sleep. This, you know, basically what I want to do is rest. <laughs> was this a long process for you? This took six months to do because I had to go to three or four different studios. There was, you know, a lot of work, you know, refining and changing songs. Like, you know, for this, for instance, TJ, on TJ's song, you know, originally we had it as a real straight blues thing. And I, I you know, I wanted a little bit more. Again, I, I bring the, I reference the Beatles and say I want a little bit more like Rocky raccoon like he's just talking to the kids you know so that you know we, we you know and we we recorded it and did it differently it was a lot of a you know i'm looking at that because it's this is like weird i'm looking down this thing to you and it's it's like slicing you in half well because that's i can see out of the side i get that's like no 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 i don't know it's weird no but it's, it's like you know uh, so it's weird because I'm, I'm looking right down this thing this uh, arm mechanical arm it's a mechanical arm exactly that's so you know. I, I always feel like I'm in control. Is that what it is? Yeah. <laughs> so no, no, no. Well, you son of a gun, you. Now, so the, no, no. How have people reacted to your the album? How the kids? Well, I tell you what. My ex-wife, who's a good, you know, she she hates everything. She doesn't, you know, she's always, she's got like a weird, you know, she likes Dave Matthews, okay, and uh, and will travel to any lengths and go any place to see him. Doesn't matter where it is. 
I played her uh, the Honeybee when we first started working on it, just the basic tracks. And she she said she said the only thing that this this really good, but the only thing that's wrong with it is I'm not singing on it. So I knew right away that I had her, you know, because she wants she wanted to be involved. So she wanted to sing on it. Yeah. Does she have a good voice. She does actually. But that's you know, but but it's your it's your project. Well, it's just that you know it's hard because you know I wanted to have more kid stuff on my like that's the thing about there's a song called I'm a kid written by Chip Garamella and it has a lot of kids singing on it or old adults I mean I try to get EG daily but you know for me it, it didn't work out because I had Charlie in school you know I I was running to three different studios and you were asking about the music and basically we were going to this place called the Fun House up in La, La Crescenta and, uh, you know, like a lot of guys go in there and record. So I was going in there roughly to kind of sketch out the demos to just get a feel of what I wanted to do uh, with the songs. You know, in each song I would bring there and sort of rehearse, record, and go, okay, and then say, like Teddy Hiccup was a completely different feel. And that, that came, that was just born out of the fact that I couldn't get in because Craig T. Fall, who we recorded at his... His studios, um, we did uh, the Thai Babylonia. You know, Thai, we have Thai the Butterfly, which is right. a tribute to Thai Babylonia, who you had as one of your guests. And, uh, you know, so we I recorded three songs there, Honey Bee, Teddy Hiccup, and Thai the Butterfly at Craig T. Falls. And so he was always on the road doing, you know, like the, all these guys. I mean, everybody's busy. You know what I mean? Every, You know, it's like a busy time, too, to record. What do we, what do we got? Is that, is that a clock or something? Yeah, we have a few minutes left. Okay. So, you know, but, you know, you could get these songs, there's seven of them. They're really good tunes. As you heard, three today. I think that they are anyway. They're good. I like them. They all have a different sound. The one, little Z minor, little Beatles. Yeah. A little bluesy. You know, you can't get wrong with that. You're no, gonna, no, no, no. You you're not going to get an album that. And the thing is, a parent can listen to it with a kid and knock out. Go crazy. Oh, oh God. What is this? I'm listening. Oh, wow. Wait. There's actually a guitar. There's guitar. You know, you yeah, can yeah. listen to it. Well, you know what's funny is, I mean, because even like, Charlie's a big Beatle fan. I mean, he will listen to Hard Day's Night so much till i was like my mother telling him shut it all i mean like, i couldn't right. hear it anymore <laughs> it's like you know and that is really unusual for me so i would imagine people get sick of them i mean you know uh you know but uh i, I hope they get sick of them i mean yeah that means they're listening to them so if they, you know that's the thing now it, it's now- called sing with charlie bubbles you get it at cdbaby.com uh, you know, is like I said, it'll be up on iTunes pretty soon, uh, and also Amazon. The books are available at Amazon at charliebubblesbook.com as well as the CD. So, so the, the Charlie Bubbles book. It's, yeah, it's one word: charliebubblesbook.com. Dot com. And you can get the CD there too. You can get the CD. Well, the CD, that'll take you to CD Baby. Okay. You know, it's a little link through. And now, how does someone? We don't that? physically have the CDs yet. Those got ordered, by the way, last night. So okay. it'll be about ten days before I get those. Now, how does someone get the signed book by you and Charlie? CharlieBubblesBook.com. And then you'll you'll when they get it, you'll send it. They'll, to they'll, them. They, well, they order the book, and they can they can say in the book they can say when they order. You know, they they give a little place for a note saying, "Could you sign this to you know Devin or?" And they can get any of the books. All four. Okay. So we got, you know, The Adventures of Charlie Bubbles, Charlie Bubbles to Smartsville, Charlie Bubbles to Fenway, and the coloring book, Charlie Bubbles to Smartsville. All right. Well, I want to thank you for coming on, man. Hey, listen, Coop, thank are you, you. Are you tweeting? Right now? No, I am no, tweeting, no, yeah. Can you have a- I got Charlie Bubbles 5, at Charlie Bubbles 5, right? That's the tweet. We are on Facebook at uh, The Adventures of Charlie Bubbles. And we have, you know, now we have an Italian Charlie Bubbles page, and we have two in England. See that? So, the, so it's growing. So uh, the people, bubble is the bubble is the dr- bubble is taking flight. Yes, people, <laughs> people, the bubble is taking flight. So go check get out Charlie into Bubbles. the bubble with Charlie and me. And so yeah, and check that out. Go to charliebubblesbook.com. What's that? You play the Teddy Hiccup on the way out. Is your I, I, gotta, I gotta do my. I gotta do my. Oh, you're you're, no, no, you're all already, done. Already played, you washed up. Play Teddy Hiccup. People follow that. So also follow <laughs> me on Twitter at Cooper Talk. That's at Cooper Talk. If you have a Google, uh, if you have an Android uh, phone. Or tablet, go to the Google Play Store, get my app, type in Cooper Talk. It's one word, it's free. Download it. I have what, 470 episodes on there. All my episodes up in there. So, how did you do that? Who did the uh, app I'll, for I'll, you? I'll tell you off, tell you off right. there. And, uh, and also, and, and people, don't forget uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Cooper Talk, my website, coopertalk.net. Email me, cooper at coopertalk.net. And also, my cookbook, stopthesalt.com. Remember, I have my health problems. It's a new year. Order the book to start getting you to eat healthy with low sodium. Go to stopthesalt.com and buy it from me. You can buy it at uh, Amazon or uh, 
barnesandnoble.com. But this way, if you go through my website, I make more money. And just like Paul, I will sign your book. See, I will sign where he signs Charlie Bubbles. I'll sign a cookbook. So when you have a heart attack, you go, it didn't work. Anyway, people, check out charliebubbles.com. I'm Steve Cooper. I'm only as hip as my guests. Don't forget, drink your water, eat your vegetables, take your vitamins. I will talk to you guys. And have a good movement every day. Very important.